This podcast is made possible by thousands of dedicated listeners just like you. Be a part of this powerful three-decade legacy of evangelization by visiting materdayradio.com or downloading the Hail Mary Media app. And thank you for joining us on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Jesus said, My sheep hear my voice. I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Speaking to his flock in the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon, we join Archbishop Alexander Sample as he reflects upon our faith, culture, and life in the church on The Voice of the Shepherd. Joining Archbishop Sample is your host, Dina Marie Hale. And now, The Voice of the Shepherd. Greetings and welcome to The Voice of the Shepherd. I'm your host, Dina Marie Hale, and along with Archbishop Alexander Sample, we're coming together to reflect upon Holy Week and leading us into the celebration of the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. I love this time of year, Archbishop. It's beautiful. Outside, it's spring, but really it's our interior is bursting forward (laughs) with the good news of Jesus Christ as we begin to reflect on his, the risen Lord in our life. Would you lead us in prayer? In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, as the glorious days of our redemption approach, when we celebrate the sacred mysteries of that redemption, we ask you to continue to be with your people, to guide us, to walk with us on our Lenten pilgrimage coming to an end. Help us to enter into the celebration of the Paschal Mysteries with our hearts and our minds renewed, and with ever greater awesome gratitude for all that you have done for us through this Paschal mystery, the passion, death, and resurrection of your Son, Jesus. We place this radio time, Father, in your hands, asking you to lead us and guide us and to be with all of our listeners. All this we ask through the same Christ, our Lord. Amen. Holy Mary, our hope, seat of wisdom. Pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Preparing for this Feast of the Resurrection, and you had mentioned in that beautiful solemnity of the Annunciation a little bit of the highlights of your Holy Land, the One mm-hmm. Holy Land visit. Mm-hmm. But when we go to those sacred sites of where Jesus, the Annunciation, the Incarnation, right. uh, where Mary was, where Jesus was, his passion his death buried, but also his resurrection. Right. Maybe let's just open with a little bit of those places, the s- significance of walking the footsteps of Christ. Yeah, you know, I, I've only had one, I've only had the privilege of, of having one pilgrimage uh, to the Holy Land. And I realize that that sounds maybe a little bit privileged uh, because so many people have not had that opportunity at all. Although I know people who've been to the Holy Land multiple times, but it's so far in my life, I've, I've only had one pilgrimage there. I'd like to go back sometime, but in a certain part of me says, you know, I don't absolutely need to uh, because of the experience that I had there the time I did go. And one of the things was literally, in a sense, touching the places where these events took place that we that we remember uh, during Holy Week and during the Sacred Triduum, that this is, this, this is the place where God entered into our world in in a particular time and in a particular place, that these events are real. And that's that's what was part of it for me was it was like, you know, yes, I mean, I believed in them and I I believe they were real. It's not like I I was doubting those things. But somehow, tangibly, to be able to, to experience these places 
just just brought it to a whole new level for me. I remember, you know, we had various experiences of that. Uh, three stand out in my mind. You know, the the, the first actually, and they kind of came in this order. The first was when we went to the the Church of the Holy Sepulchre in Jerusalem, and one of the places there on this on the rock on Golgotha on the on the huge rock where by tradition the cross was. There's a there's a groove a deep a hole, if you will, in the rock, uh, which by tradition is is the hole into which the cross of Jesus was placed uh, when it was put upright. And you can literally approach this place and you can stick your hand into the hole uh, where the cross stood. And of course, it's a moment of great prayer. Uh, you, you, You put your hand there and you realize by tradition, you're in the spot where the cross stood. You're in the spot where Jesus on the altar of the cross offered his life uh, as a reparation for our sins and and there destroyed our sins, destroyed the power of death over us, destroyed the ancient enemy and opened for us the way to eternal life. It had happened in in this spot. I mean, it's like, wow, right here. Mm -hmm. You know, this is is where Mary and the other women and St. John stood looking up at Jesus on the cross. Amazing. And then, then we went into the tomb in the Holy Sepulchre itself. Thankfully, as, 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 as it was this is the time I made this pilgrimage, I was a bishop. The, most people who come here, they push you in and out, I'm told anyway, they push you in and out of that place very quickly because there's so many people that want to get, you basically get to go in and you come out. <laughs> but because it was a small group of bishops that were on this pilgrimage, we got to spend a little bit more time in there. Not a lengthy period of prayer, but we got to actually spend some time in there. And I remember going in, and uh, as you go in there, there's a place there where, by tradition, again, the body of Jesus was laid. And you can, again, reach out your hand, and you can lay your hand on the place where the body of our Lord had, had rested after he was taken down from the cross. But then it's, and, and it, was, it was like a, it's like, why didn't I think of this before? It was like one of those aha moments it suddenly dawned on me, because going in, all I could think about was the sepulcher, the tomb. We're going into the tomb where Jesus was buried. But as I was in there and had my hand on that spot, it suddenly dawned on me, but this is the place of the resurrection. <laughs> I just had my hand in the, in the place where the crucifixion and death of Jesus took place. This is where he rose from the dead. And it was like this overwhelming, I remember uh, tearing up, realizing that's what that's what is important about this place, mm-hmm. not the tomb. Because if this was just a tomb, nobody would be here. There wouldn't be this magnificent right. basilica built over this place. Uh, this would just be a forgotten hole in a rock. But this is the place of the resurrection. So that really came very strongly to me is, is, is to be able to be in the spot where Jesus rose from the dead. And then later in the pilgrimage, kind of rewinding <laughs> to the beginning of Jesus' life, we visited uh, the uh, uh, Basilica of the Annunciation in Nazareth. So we went down there. There's a place where, by tradition, the, the, the house of Mary was. And it's, again, it's a big church built all around this. But, you know, you're there in that spot, and you're thinking, okay, this is the place of the Annunciation. And again, it was like, okay, this is where the angel appeared to Mary and asked her to be the mother of, of the Messiah, and where she said her fiat, her yes. So, I mean, that was kind of my thinking going in. But then again, I had one of these aha moments, because mm-hmm. then it dawned on me, wait a minute, 
This is the place of the incarnation. Because of Mary's fiat, because of her yes, the eternal Son of God took flesh in her womb here. So God became incarnate. The eternal word was incarnate here in this place. God entered into the world in in this way uh, to begin his work of our redemption. And again, I was just overwhelmed by that sense of, of, of the sacredness of that place. So those are experiences that, that those of us who have had that privilege can experience. But that's really what we're, what we're reliving uh, during the days of Holy Week and, and the Sacred Triduum. We're reliving in a, in a hopefully a tangible way the, these events. Right. Whether it's the Stations of the Cross and then we enter into that Triduum, it's walking that path and to realize Jesus' whole birth was to die, to resurrect us, to redeem us, that there's a purpose in his life, as is there's a purpose in our life. How can we start to approach that and not just to, I guess, forget the power of the message of the resurrection? We come to Easter Sunday, we've had our time, but that how do I become renewed in that new sense that Jesus has redeemed me. You know, I, I, I think you, you, you say it well. It's, it's really about personalizing this experience. It's not just an historical event that we remember mm-hmm. during Holy Week and at Easter. Um, it is an historical event that we celebrate, but it's, it's so, so much more than that. And I think that's part, been part of the problem in recent time is I think we've lost a sense of the, the power of this mystery that we celebrate, the importance of it, the significance of it in the history of, of humanity, but in my own personal history. Yes, we can remember and commemorate in, 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 in a real tangible sacramental way, relive these events of our redemption. Uh, and, and especially in Holy Week during the Triduum, the, the Lord's Supper, uh, the Good Friday, uh, death of Jesus, the, the, the burial, the, but the resurrection. We can relive them and represent them sacramentally, and, and they are really made present for us again when we celebrate them. But it can be just a, a making present of, a celebration of that historical event that, yes, we know brought about our salvation as God it came himself to our rescue when we were lost and could not. I love that one uh, line from the Eucharistic Prayer for Reconciliation that is often used during Lent. When we were lost and could not find our way to you, you loved us more than ever. And, and you came to our rescue. You came to, re- to rescue us from death from our sin. Wow. But what has to happen is that has to become very personal. The Paschal mystery of our Savior Jesus Christ has to become something personal for me, that that I, in entering into this mystery, have been brought to new life. That when I was baptized, I participated in this mystery. I was incorporated into this mystery. I was incorporated into Christ. I received the fruits of his redemption. 
But every time we celebrate these events, and honestly, we celebrate the Paschal Mystery at every Mass, but in an intensive way during Holy Week, during the Triduum, we, we, we unpack it, if you will, and, and, and extend that celebration uh, over these days. And what I have to have allow happen is I have to allow the Holy Spirit to transform me again uh, through these mysteries. I have to, in other words, I have to, it has to become, as I said, something very personal. It's not just historical. It's not just for the body and the community of believers. It's for me. It's for me that Jesus came to die and rise again. I participate now in that new life that he he has obtained for us through his passion, death, and resurrection. So I, I have to approach these mysteries not in a perfunctory way, uh, not in a superficial way, but with awe and reverence. You know, and, and, and I, I'm sorry, I just, that's why I, I'm, I'm so focused right now in my own ministry as a bishop on proclaiming the charisma, proclaiming this good news of John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. So whoever believes in him would not die and have eternal life. In fact, you know, I, I, I quoted recently, I've been quoting recently, I should say, this wonderful line or these lines from, I think, from what is one of, the, I think, the most incredible, wonderful papal encyclicals that has ever been written of Pope Benedict XVI, Deus Caritas Est, God is Love. This is, a, this, you know, and I, I just had forgotten what a masterpiece this is uh, of Pope Benedict XVI. I think it's uh, quite honestly, arguably one of the one of the greatest and most important papal encyclicals ever written. To be honest, I know that's a strong statement. In this, Pope Benedict says something I think that we need to hear in this context of what we're talking about. He says that being a Christian is not about an ethical choice or a lofty idea. It's about an event and a person. And this event is, is the event of our, our redemption. And then he quotes that line from John 3.16, For God so loved the world. That's the event that we encounter. And it's the person we encounter is, is Jesus Christ, our Savior, our Lord, the eternal Son of God made flesh. That's what being a Christian is about. It's about an encounter with this event, with this person. And for how many of us, really, for how many of us have we really had that personal encounter with this event of our redemption that we celebrate here during Holy Week and at Easter? This is an event that we must encounter again and again and again and be renewed in again and again and again. It never, it, it never grows old. It never, it never should become tiresome. It, it, we can continue to plumb the depths of this mystery in order to make it more, more vital for our own lives. Uh, so I, I think, you know, sometimes we've settled with this kind of superficial understanding of what being a Catholic uh, a disciple of Jesus is about, being a Christian, as, as Pope Benedict said. It's not about a, 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 an ethical choice. I'm not making a, a choice about how to live my life, that I'm, I'm going to adopt this ethical system or this moral system or this 
uh, ideology or this, uh, you know, uh, philosophical outlook on life, uh, philosophy of life. You know, and some people have quite honestly reduced Jesus to just being this great teacher, this great moralist, this great uh, uh, philosopher, if you will, a great figure, a prophetic figure. He's a redeemer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and so, and it's not a, just a lofty idea, oh, isn't that nice, you know, that, that you know, something to, to, to brighten our day. <laughs> it's, it's about who Jesus is and why he came. He didn't come as a philosopher. He didn't come even primarily as a teacher. You know, he, he didn't come as a moralist. He didn't come as an environmentalist. Mm-hmm. He didn't come as a, a social activist. He came as a redeemer, as a savior, to lift us up, to lift us up out of the darkness that is so often our lives, meaninglessness, hopelessness, despair. He, he comes to lift us out of that, to show us who we really are, to show us who God is and who we are in relationship to God as his beloved sons and daughters for whom he desires eternal life with him in heaven. This is, this is what it's all about, and it's all in this event yeah. that we encounter during these holy days. Yeah. And when you talk about Archbishop encountering Jesus, I think about the Stations of the Cross. We encounter him in each of those stations, probably very intimately in the washing of the feet, when we see that our priest, who is in the person of Christ, is going to stoop to wash my feet, mm-hmm. to care for me, to serve. And then we kiss mm-hmm. or venerate the Holy Cross on mm-hmm. that Good Friday. I mean, these are intimate ways. I feel like Jesus wants to encounter me. He wants to encounter each of us. And what I have done for you is all, like you said, out of love. God so loved. It never ends. No, and I think that, you know, you point something out uh, very important, Dina Marie. And that is, and, and I think that's part of the... Um, well, it's part of the genius of, of God, if we can even speak of in, in such terms. God is <laughs> infinite knowledge and, and, and intellect in that. But, you know, these tangible ways that we experience and celebrate these mysteries, uh, I think it, it speaks very much to our human nature and that God knows that we are not just a, 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 a spirit. We're not just a, a soul but we are an embodied soul. We are, we are body and, a body and soul unity. That's who we are as a human person. And there's a whole, we can have a whole other discussion about that and how that impacts on so many of these uh, uh, ideologies that are at work in the world today to redefine human nature and to redefine our bodies and, and who we are and our identity. You know, as if we can separate what our mind and soul feels from what our body tells us. But, but we're a body-soul unity. That's who we are as a human person. That's how God made us in his image and likeness. It's not just in our soul. It's in our body as well. And this was, again, the great genius of, of St. John Paul II and his theology of the body. You know, that, that our bodies are ways that, that we experience God and express our, our identity and, and our soul. Uh, and they're intimately connected and related. But I think that, you know, knowing our human nature, because he is the author of our human nature, he made us the way we are, Jesus in establishing the church uh, recognizes that we, we need these sacramentals, these these ways in which we encounter 
faith, we encounter God, we encounter this event, we encounter these mysteries in tangible ways, in sensory ways. All knowledge comes to us through the senses. You know, this is the great philosophical, you know, insight. All knowledge that we have comes to us through our senses, whether it be through sight, sound, our, 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 the sense of smell, all of this, all of our senses is how we experience reality around us is how we learn, how we are formed, and how we encounter each other. Uh, you know, we encounter another person through the senses, and we encounter the mystery of our faith through the senses. So we, we back it all the way up, let's say, even to Ash Wednesday. How did we start this Lenten journey? We started with that, that symbol of the ashes, that tangible symbol that is placed on our forehead that is a, 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 a touching of the reality of our, our own mortality and our, and our call to conversion. You know, we, we will celebrate uh, Palm Sunday with this tangible sign, these palms that we receive, that we touch, that we hold on to, that, that reminds us of that day of the Lord's triumphant entrance into Jerusalem, even as we begin to realize our fickleness and how quickly the people turned on Jesus and how Often times how easily and quickly we turn our back on Jesus, uh, you know, when we sin, when we turn away from God. You mentioned, you know, at the at the at the, at the Mass of the Lord's Supper, uh, those those places that will reintroduce the mandatum, the 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 washing of the feet this year. It's a tangible, visible sign of Christ's love and service poured out for us. You know, when He says, "Do you understand what I have done for you?" You call me Lord and Master, and rightly so, for so I am. But if I, who am Lord and Master, have washed your feet, so much more should you wash one another's feet. You know, he leaves us an example of service, of laying down our life for the other in love. Uh, you know, so it's, but it's very tangible. We'll have uh, the, ex- the uh, exposition of the Blessed Sacrament, and then, not the exposition, but the, the reposition of the Blessed Sacrament, the procession with the Blessed Sacrament through the church to incense and lighted candles and song as we remember his, his entrance into the garden and we keep watch and vigil with him. It's all very tangible, liturgical. Good Friday, as you mentioned, you know, we'll see the unveiling of the cross We'll kiss the cross. We'll reverence the cross. You know, behold the wood of the cross on which uh, our, our Savior hung. Come, let us worship, uh, on, on which hung the Savior of the world. You know, we adore you, O Christ, and we praise you because by your holy cross you have redeemed the world. The cross is an instrument for us, not of shame and defeat, but of, 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 of life, of, 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 of redemption of glory, the glory in the cross of Christ. And so we reverence it, you know, in, in a very tangible way as we approach uh, the Easter Vigil. My gosh, the Easter Vigil is full of mm-hmm. these tangible signs of resurrection. We have the, the light of the Easter candle, the Easter fire, the Easter candle. These are tangible, visible signs of the resurrected Christ. We have the, the powerful sacraments of initiation, the waters of baptism, and the anointing of chrism in, in, in confirmation, the reception of the body and blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ in the Holy Eucharist. For some of our uh, elect, now newly baptized neophytes, for the first time, I mean, all of these powerful signs and symbols that allow us to touch the events and the mysteries. And I'll say it again, and I say it every year, and for I'm 32 years as a priest, I'm sorry, every Holy Week I'm disappointed because I urge everybody 
to not let these mysteries mm-hmm. pass by. Participate, come, relive these things. Yeah. You know, to go from Palm Sunday to Easter Sunday to me is like, wow. People don't even realize what they've cheated themselves mm-hmm. out of to live these days in between. And so again, folks, I just urge you, uh, and again, uh, one year I hope to be pleasantly surprised where the church is absolutely packed to overflowing on Holy Thursday. On Good Friday that they're they're hanging from the rafters, as they say. And at the Easter Vigil, yes, it's a long liturgy. It's later at night. But I'd love to see the the, the church full at the Easter Vigil uh, instead of the, the sparse crowd that's usually there because it's usually folks who are the people coming into the church and their friends and families and people who came into the church at an Easter vigil last year or over the years past and they continue to come because it's such a powerful liturgy for them. Let's fill the churches. Let's show God just how much we appreciate and are grateful for all that he has done for us in Jesus Christ. And if if Pope Benedict is right, and I think he is, Mm -hmm. that this is about an encounter with an event, this is how we encounter the event, by participating in these liturgies with our brothers and sisters in Christ as the body of Christ gathered in worship. This is, this is the, this, these are the high holy days uh, of our faith. And then we follow that. It isn't just about the resurrection either. It's, it's the full mystery here. And, and, and Abbot Jeremy, you know, points this out, uh, Abbot Jeremy Driscoll at, at Mount Angel Abbey in his book, Awesome Glory, you know, on, on the Paschal mystery. It isn't just the, 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 the passion, death, and resurrection. It's the passion. It's the death. It's the resurrection of the Jesus. It's the ascension of Jesus into heaven, and ultimately it culminates in his sending of the Holy Spirit upon the church to, to give life to the church and for the church to perpetuate this saving mystery through the ages down to our day and, and until Jesus comes again in glory. So I just really urge you folks out there, please, 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 I plead with you, if you haven't done it for a while or you've never done it, make this the year that you're going to really dive in and encounter your redemption. Make this personal. Encounter your Lord and encounter in the community of Christ, in the family of Christ. What a great message as we enter into the Holy of Holy Weeks. Archbishop, I share with you that enthusiasm, and I do invite people to come and fill those churches and con- and to continue to pray for God's Holy Spirit to work here in Western Oregon. Would you help us close yes. with your blessing? And may the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit come down upon all of you, your families and loved ones, and be with you this day and forever. Amen. And thank you all for joining us on this edition of The Voice of the Shepherd. We look forward to sharing with you again next week. For Archbishop Alexander Sample, I'm Dina Marie Hale. And until our next encounter, may you have a blessed week. You've been listening to The Voice of the Shepherd with Archbishop Alexander Sample, a production of the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon. To subscribe to this podcast and access to all of our past shows, visit moderndayradio.com. Please email your comments and questions for the show to info at archdpdx.org. Learn more about the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon online at archdpdx.org. Peace be with you. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider sharing it with a friend. You can support this vital mission of evangelization through MaterDayRadio.com or the Hail Mary Media app. 
and thank you for helping us lead souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary.